the paradox of Genesis. Man is made in the image of God. Male and female, he made them. God is omniscient. Man is not. Man is mortal. God is immortal. God is omnipotent. Man is flesh, weak, and dependent. God is the highest, best, and the most perfect of all conceptions. Anything that is higher than God is God, and anything that is less than the ultimate is not God. God is that he is, and he has no prior and no legitimacy beyond his own immaculate conception of himself. Then what is man? That man is made in the image of his creator. Man is genius and God is genius. Man is a creative genius as God is the creative genius. God is perfect and man imperfect, but the substance of our genius remains the same. We are made of earth as man, but our life is our gift from God. That gives us a genius. No other organic form has. Our genius may be imperfect, but it remains. All well and good, but what does it mean to be a genius? If we are genius and made in his image, then are we all not in his image? The truth is not so simple. God made man genius, but man did not remain in the image of God. We ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. This was not a smart thing to do. This reality gives us two paths to pursue, perhaps a clear way of expressing the choices we have are to say we have gained the choice of being genius or something less. We have a choice of creating or of destroying. Do we think knowing good and evil is a coherent position? That is, can we know both good and evil at the same time and treat them as equal visitors to our spirit? The Bible says we cannot have two masters. We can serve one or we can serve the other. So it is with good and evil. Good is creative. Creativity requires genius. Evil is destructive. Destruction only requires an excuse and the power to act on it. Creativity requires the production of equity. This is more complex than most people realize. Creating equity holds the key to understanding the problems that beset mankind. We own what we create. This is the right of genius. It's the right of creative persons. God created all of physical creation and God owns everything that could be considered unnatural or an asset. This poses a problem few have bothered to consider. 
Let's assume we are permitted to own things in a personal sense. We are allowed to own personal property. As heirs to his kingdom, we can possess as owners the crops we plant, the homes we have, and the other things we need for life and that we have for personal use. There is little or no benefit in debating this, however. There are serious questions to be asked when it comes to the status of commercial property. Most people will not grasp the distinction. This is not totally unexpected considering the years that liberals have argued that commercial property is just an extension of personal property. What is the difference between a taxi, they might ask, and personal transportation? What difference is there between the personal home and an investment in real estate? If one were a genius, the difference would jump out. The crucial first step is to realize we do not own the natural world. Personal ownership is not a right. It's a privilege. The argument that private property is just personal property put to a different use holds no water because personal property is not a legitimate form of ownership either, not in its most fundamental sense. We have been permitted to use God's resources. We have no right to them. He gives us what we need for life. He allows us to have what we need for life. There is no implicit right to benefit commercially from this permission. We have no right to take advantage of God's grace. Taking a board and fashioning it into a cutting board for personal use is one thing. To cut down forests to make tens of thousands of cutting boards is exploit exploitation on a greater scale than the use and personal uses and it puts what we do into a different category of behavior we could also factor in the issue of employing others to serve the productive needs of the business operation but this would take us too far afield but let's be clear the worker is worthy of his or her wages Perhaps the work one puts into making one's personal use items helps justify the ownership that we have over personal goods. Whether this work that we do is direct or indirect, whether we make the item or we make something else and use the money to purchase another personal use item. But commercial ownership often has little or no inputs on the part of the capitalist or business owner. Regardless, no human made the trees or other resources used in their production, and so we have no right to profit from their use, that is, from the use of natural resources. This is the shoal upon which the rationale for both capitalism and communism crashes. We are seemingly faced with two incompatible and irreconcilable rules. The first rule is that owner authorship defines ownership. The other rule, which is 
a derivative of the first is that the worker is worthy of his and her wages. This can be looked at in more detail. We need to realize God creates assets and humans create equity. God creates things and it is mankind that gives these things value. God fashions the foundation and man adds a value through manipulation of what has pre-existed. All progress is produced through added value. All added value is produced by specialization. The line of demarcation is clear. God produces real things and man adds value to them. But how to resolve the dilemma these rules cause has never been revealed until now. The Bible has, regardless of what man reads or does not read, provided a clear and simple solution to the dilemma. The dilemma was created by our misunderstanding or un failure to understand, not by God. The problem exists because of us, not because of God. Remember, we were told to divest ourselves of our possessions. This went hard on the rich young man because, no doubt, he had a lot of commercial property. Few, if any, ever took the command of Jesus relating to the handling of wealth seriously. The injunction to sell what we have and give to the poor and to give to all those who ask poses another problem. This time, it is a technical problem. Who are we to sell all our commercial goods too. The Bible's answer is the church. In the early days, the believers were selling what they had and giving the proceeds to the apostles. This is interesting because, in fact, we are the church. We sell what we have to the body of Christ. Let's look at how this is done. Imagine two or three people coming together in his name. This creates the cell of a church or the basic building block out of which the church is composed. These persons bring their excess personal property and all of their commercial property and they give title to it to the church. The church is the assembled believers. The church is not the believers assembled as individuals. It's not their physical juxtaposition that makes the church it is their unification as a corporate identity so a church is believers assembled as a corporate identity in the name of christ the church and here we will call it an exchange to give the organizational model we are talking about a clear identity separate from the liberal church which is closer to a club than what the biblical model calls for. So the church takes the property in the form of its legal title and in return it credits the individual investor with preferred shares equal to the value of the capital transferred to the exchange. Thus we see an exchange or trans happening, transaction happening between the believer and the body of Christ as the corporate entity created by the believers.
Forming an exchange creates a new workplace. Believers have a place to work and earn income, but no believer owns as private property any commercial interest. The worker earns his wages for the work he or she does, and yet owns no more than his or her own personal possessions. This also helps us share in the image of God as creative geniuses. We have the resources that permit us to be creative, but not the ownership of commercial property that promotes avarice. We become in the image of God by being creative. As believers, we need to create value in specialized ways. To do what everyone else does is a waste of effort and time. We are not clones. It is through the way we work that we form our identity. So we are made in the image of God in a way that is like God outside of time and space as we produce value. As we create value for others in a specialized way, we realize who we are and what our value is. The more equity we create, the more value we create. The more value we produce, the more real our identities made manifest. Our value is our identity. It is who we are. We are, in this sense, the equity we create.